Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Coming up on a Super Saturday edition of Tennis Channel Live. Day two of the Labor Cup in Geneva. Roger Federer found himself in an early hole against Nick Kyrgios. Did the home crowd bring him back? And how would Rafa handle his nighttime doubleheader? The chase for the championships continues in Japan, where this local favorite had to play not once, but twice on home soil. This 20-year-old American looked to cap off her fourth final of the year with a win in China. We break down Sophia Kennan's clash with Sam Stozer. And her breakthrough, her comeback, and her three titles. What a year it's been for Bianca Andreescu. John Wertheim explains BB's unprecedented rise in today's Unstrung. Make sure you get a good seat. It's time to get fired up for TC Live. And he's safe at home as we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live, our post-game coverage from the 2019 Laver Cup sunsetting in Geneva, day two is complete. We welcome you inside our Tennis Channel studios. TC Live is on the air with Lindsay Davenport and Paul Anacone. I'm Brett Haber. We weren't sure if Rafa's hand, his thumb, would be well enough to play two matches today. He did play two matches, but only one one, Nick Kyrgios, Jack Sock taking the late doubles. Your thoughts on what we saw? Oh, it just is so exciting. We don't get to see this type of format ever except at the Labor Cup, and you could see the energy. That is what doubles is all about. And to see Sock and Kyrgios come together like that in the match tiebreak, to see how much energy they had and how much it meant to them, this is really what Labor Cup is all about. Yeah, and just to see the emotion, both positive and negative, and some drama there, a little drama from Nick Kyrgios after getting hit. Um, it was just so much fun to try to figure out what's going to happen. The only thing for sure that we know is that there's not going to be extra time tomorrow, extra play. It's going to be decided in the four matches, which I think is great. Yeah, if Team Europe can win two tomorrow, they will claim the cup. Team World now needs to win three matches on the final day. We'll go through all the math and all the permutations. We'll watch Paul's head. It's Paul's you were special. <laughs> you were surprised I figured that out. So I say the truth. Tell me the I, truth. I confess. I was impressed by that. All fingers and toes intact. Let's show you how the day unfolded, starting with the day session at the Palexpo in Geneva. We started with uh, John Isner, the big American taking on Sasha Zverev in the opener. Third Labor Cup for John. Sasha, of course, coming off the, the doubles win yesterday. Yeah, and Sasha was the better player in the first set. He didn't lose a point on his first serve. He kept Isner out of the middle of the court and kept John moving. And Sasha had the crowd behind him, used it beautifully. But the match changed in the ninth game of this second set. Isner able to get a break of serve, and from then, it was all John Isner. Isner able to win 15 of the last 17 points, ran away with the tiebreak, got up early, started hitting huge, and just had so much energy and so much excitement. It was amazing how quickly this match shifted and shifted in turn world's favor. 14 aces for Big John. He faced just one break point. 
and that win tied the overall score at 3-3. First ever singles loss for Sacha Zverev in Labor Cup play. Second match was Nick Kyrgios, who we know loves the team dynamic, taking on Roger Federer and, oh, about 18,000 of his friends. Yeah, it was a, a fantastic performance. You don't see this often. Federer up a double break in the first set breaker, and you think, okay, Fed's gonna cruise to this first set victory, but Nick really dug his heels in, started fighting, started building points, and was able to steal the first set tiebreak, get the first set under his belt. Second set, Nick, had some chances, but Rafa Nadal came back from the warm-up court midway through the second set. That seemed to inspire Roger. No one was talking to Roger on the bench. <laughs> Bjorn Borg was very quiet. The other teammates weren't that involved. Rafa came back out, started talking to Roger, and the match started to turn. This eighth game, Kyrgios had a couple of chances, not break points, but 30 all induced. But once Roger got through the second set, he was able to take control of the tiebreak early on with this great get. The crowd was going wild. 10-7, the final score in the match tiebreak, 10 minutes shy of two hours as Roger with that forehand wide from Kyrgios improves to seven and two in Labor Cup play, five and zero oh in singles. Here he is on the razor-thin victory. It's really close that first set, so it was tough to lose. Crowd could feel it, I could feel it, but I needed to get some uh, energy going, but you can't do that if you don't play any good shots, and Nick was playing very well. So I was just trying to stay focused, uh, stay with Nick, and I knew like with uh, what John Isner did, you know, you maybe look like you're down, but if you can turn the momentum, crowd gets back into it, and you guys did. I need some earplugs next time. And it was just phenomenal. So thank you very much for pushing me over the line. So Roger now six and one career against Nick Kyrgios beats him at Labor Cup for the second year in a row. Nick has so much power, Paul. How did Roger seize control of that match in the second set? Well, it's pretty interesting. I mean, Roger kind of chided himself after that first set up 4-0 in the tiebreak, made three backhand errors in a row. And then I actually think Rafa helped him a lot, got him really clear about what he wanted to try to do uh, on the court. And then the second set, when Roger broke there at the end, I think it really gave him a huge boost of energy, knew he could take care of his serve, and really just played a really sound uh, match tiebreak at the end. You know, it's interesting. You referenced Rafa coming out on court. Mm -hmm. It was much different for Team World. Every changeover, Jordan Thompson was there talking to Nick with McEnroe, really trying to keep him focused. No one was talking to Roger. Bjornborg <laughs> doesn't say much. The other players were a little hesitant to come over to Roger. Once Rafa returned from warming up and getting ready for his match, he was out there, and there was a steady dialogue between Roger and Rafa. No doubt whether that relaxed Roger a little bit or got him focused or got him thinking about something else, it definitely helped change the momentum. And you heard some of the advice that Rafa was giving him. It was sound advice, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really impressive that it was about his game. It was like your first strike tennis. You know, you're losing the longer rallies. Get the first strike in. Do what you do well. And I think that clarity really helped. Well, if anybody knows what the strategy is for Roger Federer playing well, it would be Rafa, who's been on the other side of the net for so many of his wins. So that's what happened during the day session. This was the night session. Milos Raonic coming out for his Labor Cup debut, and he got Rafa playing the first of his doubleheader. Uh, one of the most important things is court position. Nadal was trying to give Raonic a couple of different looks. Rafa was struggling at the beginning. See the return position here deep. The first one was shorter. And I think this variation created opportunity because here is where Rafa had a bit of a breakthrough right here at 3-2 in the second. That is the pass. Rafa saved 
eight break points the first three serve games after he got that break. It was really important for Nadal to stick to his guns, and I think that court positioning thing had a lot to do with it. Gives a great server a couple of different targets to look at, and by virtue of having these different targets, it opened up ways for Rafa to get into neutral positions. Look at this get. I mean, it is just ridiculous what he's able to do. He played his way into the match, did a terrific job by getting through that first set, and then uh, to uh, Raonic's credit, second set did a nice job for the tiebreak, and the tiebreak was all in the doll. Second serve points is a big factor in this match. Rafa won 68% of his, Raonic just 35% of his, and those break point opportunities the Raonic did not convert in the first set were also a big deal. So we go to the doubles, the nightcap, Rafa right back at it with Tsitsipas against Sock and Kyrgios, this was entertaining. It was, I mean, look, there's so much talent on the court here and lots of different kind of talent. You have the Mercurial two right there, these guys, and then you have the uh, guys that are a little bit more sound. What do we got here? It's a tennis OMG oh, okay. and it has to do with Nick Kyrgios trying to protect. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Good laugh about it. Oh, that was so funny. Even he told Jack, he goes, why did I go forward at the beginning after you hit that bad shot? I love the twirl and the knockdown. <laughs> he had hit Tsitsipas earlier in the set, yeah, so they were was, even there. It was 1-1 after that, so that was a great way to get through. But I got to say, Team World did a great job winning that first set, and Rafa and Stefano started playing much better in the second set. Controlled the tempo of the rallies, got balls in play, and then Rafa tried to use those big ground strokes to have openings. Uh, got into here, into that match tiebreak. I, I really thought Team Europe played a below average match tiebreak. A couple of bad errors, some good field shots by these guys, but also some bad tennis from Tsitsipas and Nadal, which is uncharacteristic. Right there, sealing it up, and Team World is extremely excited to be back in it. So Jack Sock improves to six and two in Labor Cup doubles. Here's Captain McEnroe with Sam Smith. Ones. Well, it's nice to win some close ones, but uh, they stepped up. That's one of the best 10-point tiebreakers I've ever seen a doubles team play, and, and they needed to because Rafa and Stefanos wanted it bad and uh, gives us momentum going into tomorrow. You've, you've, been, you've played some great doubles matches yourself. You've seen all the greats. I mean, how good are these two when they get together? You know, it's different than when I, when I was playing, but it's awesome to watch, and it's fun to be on the sideline. And those guys, you know, they got a great a chemistry between the two of them, and they're tough to beat. They should play more often. You've got to win three matches tomorrow to get uh, Team World over the line. Any thoughts on some of the selections? Are we going to maybe see Jack again in doubles? Well, I would say there's a fairly good chance of that. But uh, we're going to wait and see what they've got to offer first. And we're going to try to match up as good, well as we can. But we're looking forward to tomorrow. Day two was another great day for both teams. John, enjoy tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for coming, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, fairly good chance, as Captain McEnroe said, that we'll see Jack Sock tomorrow in the doubles. He has played every doubles match in the history of Labor Cup. Why is he such a good doubles player? What makes him so, do you think? Well, I think he's he's so good off the baseline with that forehand, very tough to volley those. He, he understands when to cross, when not to cross. But he's good with a lot of different partners, and we heard McEnroe reference it. Got to think he's going to be on the first match tomorrow mm -hmm. with Isner. He's got to play with someone different. Got to think that the Isner-Sock combination is going to start off most likely against, would you think, Federer and Nadal? That would be my guess. Has yeah. to be, right? Yeah, that, that would be my guess. And I think just to tag on Lindsay's points is that he's so good in modern-day doubles because he can do a little bit of everything, right? He's yeah. good around the net, but when he has to stay back, 
big serve, big forehand, that's problematic for a lot of players. All right, Federer, Nadal as a doubles team two years ago is one of the top moments of the tennis year. We expect to see it again tomorrow against Sock and, as Lindsay said, probably John Isner. We've got a lot more to get to on our postgame coverage on this Saturday. John Wertheim will have unstrung today on the rapid rise of Bianca Andreescu. And can you name the only American who's made four finals this year? That's her, her latest journey, next. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Well, nobody combines tennis knowledge and shenanigans quite like Mary Carrillo, and you can get a heaping dose of both on this week's Tennis.com podcast. Mary joins Nina Pantic for a rollicking conversation, all part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, where you can find the top tennis podcasts all in one place. Just go to tennis.com slash podcasts and download episodes today. We welcome you back to TC Live. Of course, lots of action going on around the world besides Labor Cup this week. The chase for the championships continue for the men and women. The WTA in the middle of their Asian swing. And we will check out a double dose of Osaka's Mertens. Yeah, they'd only played once before and Mertens had won that match. It was two years ago. But again, Osaka seems to have found a, another gear here in Osaka. She's got a, her dad is helping her for the rest of the season. And and she just has looked really settled this week, really dominated this match, got broken just one time in the second set, but was just ripping winners from the back of the court. So sixth career final for Naomi Osaka. Remember, she's only won three titles in her career, two of those being majors, and of course, Indian Wells, so back into another final. Speaking of which, love to see that smile from Naomi Osaka. We shift gears to Guangzhou in China. They played the final there today. Sophia Kennan, fourth final of the year. Yeah, it's been an amazing year for Sophia Kennan. So consistent at all these tournaments. Dealt with a leg injury and was in tears during her semifinal win. And in the beginning of this match, Sam Stokes are able to take advantage of finding some form that she hasn't been able to play it quite some time and Stoser was up 3-2 in the second set and that's when Kennan started to find a different gear, started right. to get more consistent, started to control the points a little bit better and in the end was able to run away with this match. Still a tremendous week for Sam Stoser, gets some much needed confidence back, but guess what? Another title for Sophia Kennan. That is her third of the year to go with Hobart at the start of the year and Majorca on the grass before Wimbledon. Only Carolina Pushkova has more with four titles this year. Congrats to Sophia Kennan. She's been in this position an awful lot, and we tip the cap to Sam Stozer as well. The men in Mets in an all-French semifinal today between Joe Wilfried Sanga and Luca Pui. 
Song and giving a little love to the crowd. And we were in for a serving contest from these guys today. Lots of big power serving from the back of the court. It was really just going to be about who could get the first strike in. Sanga there with some beautiful feel at the net. But Joe Wilfred Sanga really did a good job in the tie break. Got that first tie break under his belt. Luca Pui was trying to use his all-court game to come forward. Put a little pressure on the Sanga passing shots. How about the little sides? What do you call sidewinder overhead there, Brad? Would you say? I like that. Okay, sidewinder overhead. Yep. But again, the match continued with more of the same. Pui trying to get forward. How about the athleticism from the oft-injured Joe Wilfred-Sanga has struggled this year to stay healthy. But again, once he got into the tie break, a really nice effort. Sanga winning 60 of 72 serve points. That's Wants. a great effort. Wants have more fun. <laughs> he will play Alias Bedene in the final in Mets tomorrow. So we look ahead to action around the world tomorrow. Osaka in the final in Osaka against Pavla Yachenkova, and they're underway in the main draw in Wuhan. Yeah, guys. some great first-round matches coming up in Wuhan. Venus Williams has made the trek over to Wuhan. She takes on Danielle Collins. We'll see Sloane Stevens trying to rebound after a disappointing tournament in Osaka. All right, much more to come on our TC Live post-game show from unknown to unbeatable, the Bianca Andreescu story when we come back. Well, if we had predicted at the start of this year that Bianca Andreescu would win a Grand Slam this season, many tennis fans would have said, who's Bianca Andreescu? Of course, she did win one, beating Serena Williams in the U.S. Open final. And now, the 19-year-old Canadian finds herself sitting fourth in the Porsche race to Shenzhen and the WTA finals. Not bad for someone who started the year ranked 178 in the world. John Wertheim has more on BB's breakout in today's Unstrung. We've seen players win the Newcomer of the Year award. We've seen players win the Comeback Player of the Year award. We've seen them win the Player of the Year award as well. But never before have we seen a player win all three in one year. But, as the kids say, here we are. From Canada, Bianca Andreescu. At the start of the year, Bianca Andreescu was ranked altogether now outside the top 100. She is currently ranked in the top five, amid a season saturated with wins. There's your newcomer. In March, she won the BNB Paribas event in Indian Wells. And then, owing to a shoulder injury, didn't complete another tournament until August. A span of almost five months, including two majors out of action. She returned to win the Rogers Cup, her hometown event in Toronto. There is your comeback award. After the title in Canada, the cynics snarked, now let's see her do it in a major. Hold my beer, Andrescu said. Actually, she didn't say that. She's only 19. But she did snuff out all the doubt in her next event, taking the U.S. Open, beating all manner of opponents, a 17-year-old in her first match, a 37-year-old in her last. She did so with power and strategy and, above all, fearlessness. And with the crowd against her and Serena on the other side of the net and momentum swinging, a memorable reset in the final. I've been putting in the work, I've been making the sacrifices, so it's, it's all worth it. Andrescu's 2019 ledger, 
three of the biggest titles, including a major. More than 40 wins against only four losses. Oh, and also 8-0 against the top 10. There's your MVP award. There are breakthroughs, there are smashing debuts, and riveting returns. And then there is what Bianca Andreescu has done so far in 2019. Such an amazing story when, when you put it all together like John just did. We have seen in the past couple of years some players in women's tennis win a Grand Slam for the first time and then maybe not necessarily embrace the expectations and the pressure that comes with that and, and backslide a little bit. Why do you believe that Andrescu, if you do believe, won't be one of those players. Oh, first, I love that she's taken some time after winning the U.S. Open. We've seen other players just continue to get right back out on tour and start playing. Winning a Grand Slam definitely changes your life. And when you're from a smaller tennis country like Canada, there's a lot of things that she's been going through these last few weeks. I love that her team has just said, you know what, take this time, enjoy it. And let's get back to playing when you're ready. I think she gets a lot of great advice around her. I don't think she's the type of player that's going to go play because of fines or because of, oh, ranking points. She's going to play when she's healthy. I think she's already learned her lesson. And she wants this so badly when she's on the court. You just see the desire. Yeah, I think her perspective is pretty unique for a teenager. And I see some of the decisions she's making and the amount of composure that I saw at the U.S. Open when she had the huge lead and she had Serena on the other side. The crowd got into it. She still found a way to get through that match. To me, is monumental. The other two things that really resonate with me, she's 8-0 versus top 10 players. That's incredible. The second thing is more of a detriment, which I'm a little more worried about, which is her health. She's had injury issues already, so I think she's got to be really careful about how she schedules herself. Well, between BB and Felix and Dennis and Milos, Canadian tennis is in amazing shape right now. We want to check in on social media, social net for a Saturday. Some troubling news coming out of the Kena Shikori camp. He has got to skip the Asian swing, including his home event in Tokyo because of that elbow problem. Boy, that is disappointing. I saw some social media where he was exercising, doing Versa Climber and doing some stuff. But this is uh, bad news for the tennis world and worse news for Kay. And he had that big uh, Uniqlo exhibition with Roger Federer scheduled. He's got to skip that as well. How about this That's nice honor awesome. for Billie Jean King in her hometown there, of the library? There's a lot of things named after Billie Jean. Yeah. And now there is a library in Long Beach and some really great photos that came through from that event. But wait, an even bigger honor coming oh, yeah. from David Vasse of the Dodger beat. She's got the bobblehead oh, at Dodger Stadium we tonight. We gotta get one of those Isn't, tonight. Who's yeah. going? Isn't that when you know you've made it? <laughs> I, I think we knew that she made it I was long say, before not this. That we Come needed on, any someone news, bring one of those in. Yeah. We need that on our table tomorrow. We, I, ha I have a feeling we have some we have some contacts at Chavez Ravine. We'll, we'll get one of those for tomorrow. We'll take a break and come back. Our rocket shot of the day is on the way and we'll set the stage for the finale of Labor Cup. Time for our rocket shot of the day. It comes from Mets France semifinals. Benoit Pair in red at the bottom of your screen doing Benoit Pair things. He never ceases to amaze us. We see the little tweener, but I like the field volley. No panic. He's tired of the tweener bed, and so am I. Well, okay, let's let's put it to bed then. We won't have any more tweeners as our rocket shot of the day, and we also won't have any more Benoit Pair to kick around because Bedene is into the final. He'll play Sanga tomorrow. We welcome you back to Tennis Channel Live. Laver Cup Day Two is done. It's Europe with a 7-5 lead. So. Tomorrow, last day, who wins, Europe or world? Well, we were just trying to figure out the lineups here. 
Paul, did, did you have what you came up with? <laughs> Just make good. Yeah. Reveal your notes. Well, Team Europe has to submit theirs first, and then Team World gets to plug in. Team World's got to win three matches. I could tell people, but it's top secret. So we're going to let it come out officially. <laughs> and then equivocation for Paul Come and join us. Come um, join Brett. us. We'll have the answer tomorrow.